again and welcome back, everyone. This is episode 28 of Murphy's Law. This is Charles Murphy hanging out, as always, with Charles Villanueva. It's a uh, super snowy, winter stormy day for me here in Michigan. I bet you Charles is having a little bit better weather where he is. Well, not quite, because we're about to experience, like, crazy crazy typhoon but i guess we're all we're all going through this crazy weather but we're here for some cool news yeah this was um this was a pretty cool week um quite a bit of stuff came my way and <laughs> i had to i had to come up with a new way to to share some of it and i'll talk a little bit more about that as um as we get into it um but i was <clears throat> fortunate enough to come across like three fairly interesting pieces of information, none of which I was able to confirm with a second source. So I thought they were all cool enough to share um, because I think they're all really cool talking points for for the fans and the community. But without me being able to verify them or confirm them with a second source, it makes it hard for me to to throw them out there and and want people to think that I'm saying these are things that are going to be true. So we didn't do like the whole exclusive scoop kind of thing. We just said, hey, here are some cool rumors. And um, and so I thought we would start off the show talking about those. I think the, the one that had everybody the most excited and certainly had me the most excited uh, when, I, when I first saw it was that uh, Black Panther 2, which will be out in May of 2022, will feature Doctor Doom as the villain. And that that one seemed to have quite a caused quite a stir online. That was by far the one that I think was most read and uh, most talked about. And yeah. if you looking into into the comics, uh, there was a, a neat a neat uh, event series that was called Doom War that saw Doom. I mean, the, the, the bottom line of that one is Doom was headed to Wakanda to get at the vi- to get to, at the vibranium, um, and it pitted him against T'Challa, and it was. It's a lot more than just um, punching and kicking. There's a lot that goes on in that in that cool little series. And I don't know, for me, uh, I know Victor Von Doom is coming to the MCU eventually. I know that Kevin Feige wants to make his Fantastic Four as much different from the previous failed incarnations as possible um, and, to, and to keep such a huge gap between those. And one of the ways to do that is to let the Fantastic Four face off against a, a different villain in their first film, and to keep um, to keep in mind that Doom isn't just a Fantastic Four villain, even though that's where he's most well known, but that he's one of Marvel Comics' best all-around characters and is capable of doing all kinds of damage all over the place. Yeah. So having read Doomwar, God knows how long ago. The thing I don't like about Doomwar, the comic in particular, is that Deadpool shows up and plays a big part. That's the thing I kind of dislike the most about that story. But with regards to your actual your, your your scoop, I'm sort of mixed in the idea of seeing Doom without any of the the Reed Richards biblical backstory. There is basically his tumultuous backstory with the Fantastic Four. Um, it's gonna depend on how he comes in, how much of Doom. He becomes when when we meet him. Is he is he the full fledged armor wearing that variant conquer when we see him? Is he like a is he just starting out? Is he maybe he's not maybe doesn't even have an armor when we see him in in the Black Panther too. It's gonna depend on how they introduce him because I I, I kind of want to see Doom with the Fantastic Four when he makes his MCU debut. That's how I feel about the whole thing. But you clearly feel differently than I do. Well, and I'm and I know that. Like I said when I when I wrote up the article, that that one statement 
is all I have. And a lot of people on Twitter got really fired up. Like they can't just introduce them in black Panther. And, and I'm quick to point out, like, I don't know that that's when they're going to introduce them. The, for yeah. all I know, they could, he could have his own movie, you know, or, or, a, or a Disney plus show. I have no idea when they're going to introduce Dr. Doom. That wasn't part of, part of what I was told. It was just that he was going to be in there um, kind of rolling his way africa and conquering some countries and and again that part kind of made it sound like um he was taking advantage of the failed infrastructure of the world after thanos snap and he was kind of um using that to his advantage to conquer the world and, I, and that's just all speculation um so yeah i don't know when he's gonna show up or if this will be the first time we see him or what state he'd be in when we do see him um i just yeah I'm, i was excited about the idea of seeing um doom just try to roll into wakanda and just be put to a halt by by t'challa and the and probably a, a part of a world that he's not quite familiar with and doom is and and kind of take that idea of like what happens when you try to get too far away from your home base and your uh and as you try to conquer the world which is a lesson that most conquerors have learned over and over again throughout time right so when i when i saw the story i was thinking like let's say doom war is happening but let's say doom isn't imminent I'm thinking, which uh, which other alternative do we have to seeing Doctor Doom? Let's say, let's say, I don't know, just bullshitting here. What if Atlantis decides to fucking surface surface after a thousand years, and maybe it's them trying to conquer uh, the African country, and maybe it's Namor? Is there a possibility that could happen, or did you specifically hear that it's gonna be Doom? Oh yeah, the rumor was 100% that it's Doom. But again, mm-hmm. like, and this is, this is something that I, I had a conversation with somebody about the other day. This, they advised like, hey, when you do stuff like this, maybe what you should do is come up with like a, a scale of how likely you think these rumors are to be true, right? And so, mm-hmm. so like, um, or scoops or exclusives or whatever. So the Ant-Man 3 one that I, that I talked about on, I don't know, Monday or Tuesday, whatever day it was when I said that, hey, Ant-Man 3 is going to go and, and be in, under production in the UK. That, that to me, like if I made a scale out of 10, that's a 10. Like, that's just as good as Kevin Feige. As far as how much I believe it, that's just as good as Kevin Feige coming out and saying it. Like, I, I have no mm-hmm. doubt that Ant-Man 3 is scheduled to film in the UK. This, like, Black um, Doom and Black Panther, um, I don't know, one or a two maybe. Like, I don't... That's the thing. <laughs> with, all of, with all of these rumors that I'm sharing, and I've tried to be very, very clear about that, because I haven't been able to confirm them or verify them with anybody else, I don't believe them myself right now. It's the same thing with um, the Young Avengers and Ant-Man. Until I find out from someone else that that's actually happening, I don't believe it myself. I think it makes a ton of sense. Um, I think that yeah. I think it's something that we'll probably see. But I, I'm I would say still for, with that one, it, as you know, as I'm trying to figure out like to devise a scale in my head, I would say anything that I rate like a five or lower is something that I don't even believe myself. So I'd say like Young Avengers and Ant Man. I'd still I'd say is like maybe a three or a four, but that still means I don't believe it. Like any, I have to be above a five before I have any confidence in it happening. So yeah, I don't know, um, but yeah, definitely it definitely involved. The rumor was Doom is the villain in Black Panther two, and he's con- trying to conquer parts of Africa. Well, the good news is I do kind of like how the comic sort of sets up Doom as a. As a character, Doom is a guy who, who truly believes he's going to save the world. And there's a scene in the comic, spoilers for people who haven't checked it out, there's a scene where he actually gets confronted by the Panther God. And he gets tested into 
you know, whether he's worthy of getting the, the chunk of vibranium and the sort of the Black Panther's blessing. Um, there's a scene there where Doom sort of shows the, the Panther God that in every universe, every imaginable possibility out there, Doom enslaving the world is the best thing to happen to that world. Yeah. Just how he believes that. And it's such a great display of how fucking crazy, batshit, insane Doom is as a character. And my, my gripe aside with not, him not being lumped with the Fantastic Four in his debut, just the idea of him, of the, the, the film possibly exploring that, getting a taste of what Doom is, is very exciting for me. I always say this, but Doom is one of Marvel's most fully developed and fully realized characters. He is so, I mean, he's got so many dimensions to his character. And it's never just the same thing over and over again. The guy, I mean, they have, he's been, he's been handled by legendary creators and writers over the the entirety of his time in in comics. And he's just got so many angles to him. And, um, he, he truly, even though that he is, you know, one of their greatest villains, he is one of their greatest characters. And he always thinks that he's doing what's right for the world. Like he's, you know, you, you see how he is with his own, with the Latvian people. Um, and he believes, totally believes himself to be their benevolent savior. And he just wants, he just wants that for the whole world. He wants to be the benevolent savior of everybody. For sure. Black Panther's going to be part of phase five, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm still murky on what the cutoff date is there because originally when it was shown, it seemed like phase four was just 2021 and 2022. Then they had um, announced the other three Disney plus shows and it looked like those were all in phase four. So I don't know, are they going to speed all that up and get all those shows in before the end of 2022? I mean, I guess, what do we, what do they say? Um, that looks like Miss Marvel's going to shoot next year in August. So in August of 2020, so it could be in 2021 if they really wanted to get it in there. I'm still, I'm still having like WandaVision and is shooting so early. I'm still trying to figure out how, if that might move, um, you know, you would think they're going to want, obviously the whole series has to be out before Dr. Strange is in theaters. So the question is like, how much of a gap do they want before Dr. Strange is in in theaters? Like, is it going to be a week or are they going to give it a month? I'm I'm just trying to figure out when they want that out. Especially with the weekly viewing order, Disney has to set one division smartly because if it's eight episodes, it's going to be two months worth of, story so yeah they have to be smart on what the gap of the final episode of one division is with regards to the to the doctor strange um premiere but yeah speaking of one division you also dropped something pretty exciting with that show can you elaborate on that yeah that was that was one of the ones that um charles charles knows the whole story there there's some stuff in that one that i yeah. held back. um and that the part that i held back is maybe the bigger part of it. Um, but it, I just, we wanted to be careful with what we did there. Um, but yeah, so that one is, is basically that um, nightmare has been cast in the MCU and will show up as the, the villain in WandaVision. And that one just makes, I mean, it just makes tons of sense to me. Um, we know mm-hmm. that she's living in like this altered reality, this dream, this dreamlike reality um, for the first half of the show with this, like, sitcom world that she's living in um there's been rumors about when the kids are there that in one episode they'll be babies and then the next episode they're like 10 and then by the third episode or whatever they're teenagers how are they growing up that fast and it it just ties in so well that 
somehow Nightmare has taken hold of Wanda's consciousness and is running her through this dream reality where Vision is back, they have a kids or they have children, they have this great family, this great life, and they're just living, you know, living the dream. And, you know, I don't know, I don't know what route it'll go or what happens, but if you can, can pretty clearly imagine Nightmare um, sitting around and dicking with Wanda, and then all of a sudden, I don't know if she figures out what's going on or breaks free, but man, I, I, it definitely makes a ton of sense. And then for me, like, if I'm trying to devise that scale in my head and I say that it has to be a five before I believe it myself, I would call this one like a 4.99. Like this one is super believable to me, but I don't want to yeah. out and, and run it for sure because, I, like I said, I still haven't been able to verify it or confirm it with anybody else, even though in this case that verification is probably pending. I think we're I think we're going to find out more about it um, over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, as far as practicality goes, I mean, as soon as you told me the the entirety of the story, the first thing that clicked in my head, like, holy fucking shit! Of course, of course, yeah. that's that's how it goes. Of course, that makes so much sense. We've been hearing nightmare as the possible Doctor Strange sequel villain, even though they haven't flat out confirmed it. Have they flat out confirmed it yet? Did they say that in SDCC? I don't remember them confirming it at SDCC. I remember looking around for it and never never quite finding that out. So I, I don't think it's been confirmed. Yeah, but for the longest time, I mean, we've, we've sort of heard thesis from the, from the previous Doctor Strange writer, C. Robert Cargo, that at least, the, at least what, the, what Derrickson and, and the team want, they've sort of always eyed Nightmare as the, as the big bad. And to know that to hear from you that this is what you heard, that Nightmare is the villain of WandaVision and, and the Multiverse of Madness, of course that makes sense. Nightmare is going to be the, the bridging sort of story element that's going to connect these two properties together. And I guess I talked I talk with, with you last night. I mean, the, the big question here is why is Nightmare going to be the villain in WandaVision? What's he up to? What's... What's gonna be his like motivating uh, motivation behind Wanda's craziness? Why is he fucking up Wanda's vision? Why is he presenting Wanda with the perfect life she never had? Like, what's his game? And and uh, the the idea sort of presented with you last night was that what if Nightmare was sort of like a Lucifer Paradise Lost type character where where he's sort of entrusted by the powers that be with his role with his role as the Nightmare. As the guy who, who's in charge of everyone's worst fears, and he sort of hates that job, and that his end game here, his way out is Wanda. Wanda is a means to his end, with that end being him possibly taking revenge on, I don't know, whoever sort of gave him that position, like sort of like Lucifer. And I thought that that would be a pretty cool twist to. I, I find the idea of Nightmare being just a dick for being a dick's sake sort of boring and. The idea I had last night, which I shared with you, was sort of excited. Yeah, and I, I love it, um, the idea you came up with, because it, ha- it makes him a little bit more compelling. And yes. you know, have him having a true motivation for doing stuff is going to be so much more important because then Nightmare is going to be invested in whatever outcome there is, right? Like he's doing this. Yes. If he has some reason, then he's going to be doing it for that reason and trying to make sure that it the outcome is in line with with his desires with his needs 
So I'm I'm curious to see that as well. Like why is why is Nightmare doing all this to Wanda? And man, I just I I, I don't and I know I could totally be wrong, but I just get the idea that Wanda at some point she's gonna be in that like that dream reality and something's gonna click in her head and she's gonna realize oh. that she's being <laughs> fucked with and then I think all hell that's I that's literally where I think the switch happens because Feige talked about it's gonna be like this sitcom thing and then it's going to switch over to spectacle and i can see her finding out and just just losing it right just going completely over the edge and and i know i i, I guess i pissed some people off when i said like hey maybe maybe part of dr strange is him having to look at wanda as the antagonist because maybe she's lost it maybe he's got to get go toe-to-toe with her which you know i don't know i'm just making the stuff up as i go up, up as i go and obviously um in the end of that nightmare is going to be who they have to deal with. But man, I could really see her losing it all together and, and, you know, being taunted with um, these things that she can never have. And how is she going to respond to that? So I, I don't know. I'm that one was pretty interesting. Um, I guess to tease you guys a little bit, we, we do know, like we were told who um, they cast as, as nightmare. So if that's indeed true, um, that's super interesting. It's also something that I think, it clicked in our heads. We're like, oh, duh. Of course it's yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, you, you're talking about the episode where Wanda realizes that everything is all bullshit. Like the comic book imagery that, that, that in my head that's associating with that, with that thought is that cover of Wanda drawn by Joe Quesada of her just sort of disintegrating. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about with that cover? Is it Avengers Disassembled? No. Yeah, it's it's... It's it's part of that sort of lead up to House of M, where she's sort of like disintegrating into cubes. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about now. Yes. I, I I have a feeling they're gonna try to replicate that in the comic and in the show rather. They're gonna they're gonna take what's so iconic that that iconic cover and do it in the actual show. I have a good hunch that's gonna happen. That would be awesome. That now that I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to look after we get done recording at what that is and we can maybe post it on twitter um tomorrow when we do the episode but yeah that's such a good such a good visual that ever, oh, this is just her reality around her is just crumbling and she's losing it uh, apart from one division you also dropped something for the eternals which i sort of didn't completely grasp because again i'm not a i'm not a deep cut eternals fan but but you are so you can elaborate it yeah so that one was a just such a tiny tidbit and it's another one that, like, I'd, I'd put it right up at the 4.99 level of belief for me um, that the the main plot of the of Eternals is going to be um, called the, quote, War of Evolution. Um, and it, it just makes a ton of sense to me that basically the first thing that clicked in my head, and again, that was the that was beginning and end of it from the source, was, hey, War of Evolution, um, no more, no less. So... What clicks to me is that it's we're going to see the deviants um, who were part of this celestial experimentation on Earth, where the the celestials came down and messed around with early mankind and kind of pulled them and did some experiments and and left and then kind of left them all alone to see how they develop. And one branch of their experiments turned out to be the Eternals. One branch turned out to be the deviants, and then the third branch was what was called the Latents, and that's where later on down the line um, it was that that latent was seeded for. Uh, different kind of evolution down the line and they end up being where the mutants branched off from so but i could totally see us getting like we i mean we know in that movie that we're in 
different parts of uh, ancient history. We've seen what I don't know if was it Persia or whatever we've seen. We've seen Babylon. So on the set photos that we've seen there that have leaked out. So I can totally see it being, I guess in my head right now, it's um, Kit Harrington's Dane Whitman is doing some archaeological dig. He comes across some ancient aliens kind of bullshit. Maybe he runs into an eternal. And then we use that to get the backstory of where they came from and what they've been doing and, and to see that they've been fighting the deviants for, you know, billions of years, tens of billions of years. Um, and whatever they call this war of evolution to see who's going to come out on top on the planet. So I think it, it made a lot of sense to me right away that that would could easily be the case. But then again, it's so easily the case that it could totally be made up. And just to be clear, the war of evolution isn't the evolutionary war from the comics. Yeah, no, n- nothing, nothing was said about. Um, and I, even when I went to clarify, like you said, war of evolution, not evolutionary war. Right. Um, so did you hear anything about high evolutionary? No. So yeah, didn't, not involving that character at all, according to this rumor. It's part for the course of, on what you'd expect for uh, an introduction for Eternals to be, right? Yeah, and I think it just sets the stage so nicely for every... I mean, it's it's going to tell you the origins of the Earth and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's going to probably revisit some of those ancient aliens, gods, and monsters stories um, and, and say how, how they've worked their way into the human mythology. And I kind of guess lead you up to the present day and i think it's just such a nice way to set the table for the future by by telling you stories about the past it's a really interesting way that it's it'll have to do that well i think that wraps it up for for some of the dope stuff you dropped this week but earlier today or earlier yesterday i'm not quite sure something dropped regarding werewolf by night and its status in the mcu because previously we heard from I think it was it was geeks worldwide say that Werewolf by Night was being eyed for an MCU debut, and I think for now we finally know that it's Moon Knight. Yeah, that that was what the um, I think the original rumor was a couple months ago, and that we'd see Jack Russell showing up and, and being eyed for a project. And um, yeah, it seems like Moon Knight's, and it makes sense, right? That's the most logical place. So I'm not too familiar with the new rumor. I don't know if it's something that is legit or if it's something where somebody's just like hey jack russell should show up in moon knight and and kind of connecting the dots to it or or what it is but yeah that's that's interesting it's um the idea of him being appearing in moon knight when moon knight first appeared in his book is kind of cool so i i think it makes a ton of sense and i'm super curious what what moon knight's going to be about i don't know if you saw earlier this may i guess we make midweek to late week um there was a rumor that uh, Bushman was going to be the main villain of the of Moon Knight, which is not surprising given his ties to Moon Knight. So I think things are starting to come together. I don't know um, when that's filming or how soon it's going to be, but if they're going to, you know, we know they're casting for Spectre and they're trying to put stuff together for Miss Marvel to get ready for next for filming next year. So I could see Moon Knight filming late next year for sure, like maybe the same time frame that um, WandaVision is on. So I, it's not crazy to think about that stuff starting to come together. Hearing that we're going to get a werewolf in the Moon Knight show makes me wonder why the fuck Hellstrom is still in production. <laughs> yeah, and we did talk about that, and then I noticed, like on our last podcast, we said, are they 
just going to kill it after the pilot or whatever. But then I noticed that they're still going. I, it was like Tuesday or Wednesday. I read an article um, that they they had added a new but, cast member to it. Yeah, yeah, So so it's, so it's probably safe to assume that they they did the full season order, which will likely be canceled faster than Swamp Thing got canceled before Hellstrom premieres. They're gonna announce that it's getting canceled for just for the first season. I could totally see that, and it makes you wonder why they'd go ahead and spend the money on it. But what I don't think, I think they've got money to burn over there, so let them go ahead. Yeah, I think is that it for the Marvel stuff? Like, what's there to talk about? Um, I think that I think that's it. I can, I guess, I could do this. Um, another a, another little rumor. So along the lines of the things I heard this week that we could share with just with our podcast audience for being so awesome all 122 of them that listen to us each week and in kind of tales spins out of the the ant-man stuff so we earlier this week i said that ant-man 3 was going to be filming in the uk um and still well i don't know exactly when it looks like it's probably on track for that january or february um of 2021 um that looks good so that that's for sure thing so like dr strange is going to clear out of pinewood and post post holiday break ant-man's gonna ant-man 3 is gonna move in um we'd heard that rumor about the young avengers that maybe there'd be something in there that would bring them together that they'd assemble in ant-man 3 still just a rumor but a follow-up rumor to that is i heard that once the young avengers are introduced that they'll be going they'll be moving to their own series on disney plus so i know a lot of people have been wondering like is are the young avengers going to be a movie are they going to be a mini series? And then what the rumor I heard, which I'm putting at like a, a two on the believability scale, is that they'll be getting a Disney Plus series after they first appear. Um, assemble, I should say. They're going to assemble on on the um, big screen and then they'll move to uh, tell the further tales of the Young Avengers in a Disney Plus story series. So assuming the, the anime stuff is true, we're going to get them in the films first and then... Onto TV, that makes a lot. That makes a lot of sense for, with how they're sort of presenting, uh, future MCU stories. Even though, I I would have preferred a film since, because I remember Bob Iger saying that, the Avengers will live on, but not, in the traditional, event spectacle film that we're accustomed to. Right. And, I, I guess. Disney Plus could could have been the thing he was referring to in the first place, but I was sort of expecting like a, I was hoping for the next Avengers movie to be sort of smaller in scale and not epic and not the sort of five film build up it was. But yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the, the Disney Plus show of course. Yeah, and and we'll see. Like this one, this is just another little tidbit that made its way through my inbox, and I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. I don't know if that's true. Um, so again, like. If you guys are going to go and report that out somewhere, be responsible with that. Uh, this is not. This is no scoop or no exclusive. This is just a thing that I heard this week, and it, it it's so far down the road from other things that would have to happen in order for it to make sense that I don't I don't even buy it at all. But should it turn out to be true, that would be all right with me. I think um, the the audience that they'd shoot for for the Young Avengers is definitely going to be tuned into Disney Plus, right? I mean the the 14 to 18 year olds or 14 to 22 year olds that are going to probably latch onto that property are going to be on Disney plus watching it. So I could, you know, it, it's reasonable. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Disney plus, which was the perfect transition for our next topic. 
I just think the whole the whole in, in the few weeks that Disney Plus has launched, I think the response has been absolutely great. With with the Mandalorian, which we'll get into like in a few minutes. Just just the way the whole thing's been presented, the show, the weekly release cycle. It's been it's been such it's been dominating Twitter. It's been mm-hmm. sort of the every week. There, a portion of the week would be dedicated to talking about the latest Mandalorian episode, which we should probably get into. I mean, what do you think of the new episode? You like it? I it's cool because I, I think I've talked about this before, but when I was a kid, um, I would watch Clint Eastwood westerns a lot with my dad. And I, I think that it's pretty clear that John Favreau has uh, watched some of those same movies, <laughs> and uh, maybe was a, a huge fan of them. And this was a, this was such a weird episode because not a whole lot really happened, but it's a character development episode. Like you start to get an idea of of who this guy is and how he's a little bit different um, than than what maybe you expected. Because you know I think everyone's idea of what a Mandalorian is is just Boba Fett and now we find out that this guy that this guy is we don't know where he came from but we knew his family had been killed and the Mandalorians took him in and now you understand like why he was so adamant that some of his um steel be safe for the foundlings and and how important it is to him to have someone look out for you right like it's such a huge part of his his uh, his code that someone needs to look out for those who can't look out for themselves and i don't think that that's what um we all think of when we think of the mandos but that's what that's what this guy is and so i thought it was cool because you get a little bit more of like his um his backstory without going too far and and just getting an idea of why he's developed into the character he is so i thought it was cool even though i think i I read some complaints that things went slow i i didn't find it going by slow at all i was i was into it the whole time I, I, the biggest takeaway for me, I mean, we've seen four episodes now. It's so surprising how self-contained each episode is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's. I wasn't expecting this show to be very, very episodic. I don't know how many episodes we're getting. I, I don't know if it's eight or ten, but it, it it's throwing me off how how standalone each story is. Like last episode, it's 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 basically the Mando sort of taking back Baby Yoda and sort of like. Finally realizing that this kid can't be fucking, I can't give this kid to the to the whoever's paying me to get him. Like, and this episode, the sanctuary, it's such a refreshing. We're getting a change from from the just from a location standpoint. It's it's nice to see finally some green in this in this season. We're getting some farm kids, some a lot of a lot of like simpleton farmers who can't fend for themselves. It's such a nice change of pace from the crazy bounty hunter, droid wielding, Taika Waititi fucking crazy people. It's it's I like it. It's and we're, we're treated to a really cool fight at the end. I like how they devised the plan to take down the ATST, and I like how at the end Pedro Pascal, the Mando, basically re- realizes that he can't leave this kid as much as he wants to. Yeah. As perfect as the plan is, he just can't leave the kid behind. And the idea, like. And I think it's a little bit magnificent, seven-ish, that he and um, yes, yeah. Ara Dune are going to train these farmers to take on the bad guys and stuff. It was really, it's cool. It's, it's, it's fun to watch them play around in this genre of, I don't know, a space western, I guess. So instead of going from town to town, he goes from planet to planet or whatever. And and um, with that one running component that he's got, he's got this little baby Yoda. 
Can is is he gonna end up making Baby Yoda a Mando foundling? Would be fucking crazy. One of the <laughs> one of the last Yoda species ends up being a Mandalorian. That's and, that's crazy. Little tiny armor. <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait. But I mean, with regards to like future episodes, I do kind of wish. I'm wondering what the larger story is. Yeah. Are we sort of are you sort of sort of looking for what the entire what what sort of the backbone of the the show is? I'm I'm wondering who's after. The man who, who's after the kid, who's the employer? What does the employer want? I want to get a sense of what's at stake here. When you did you see the stuff? Um, I guess it would have been in episode three, where they the fans identified that the guy's armband was like the the same as the Camino cloners. Oh wow! I didn't, I, I didn't get that at all. Oh yeah, so that 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 the doctor, whatever his name was, that was that had the baby on the little table. He had an armband that was the same as the. Um, episode, what were they in two? It was episode two when they went to Camino that the cloners yeah, were. So yeah. the idea being that they're trying to clone whatever the species is for whatever reason. But yeah, so we still don't know. I have no idea why do they want to clone them? What are they doing? Yeah, now that you're mentioning it, yeah, I'm kind of like, oh shit, yeah. That might be the the big twist that they're trying to clone Baby Yoda for more Baby Yodas. Gotta have them for holiday shopping, I think. Do you hear the story that like it was never in the plans for for them to mass produce Baby Yoda toys in time for Christmas because John John Favreau didn't want any spoilers out. Did you read that story? Yeah, that, and that's smart because shit. How many times have yeah. toys spoiled movies and stuff for us? Like we were, oh, yeah. people were like, or do you remember? Um, do you remember when Rhiannon was at Comic Con and she sent the picture of Thor with Searcher's head uh, chained to his back? Yes, the the hot toys. Yeah, and we're like shit. That that's going to be a short-lived sequence with Surtur <laughs> because here we go. He's already got his head chained to his back, and obviously it wasn't a huge spoiler, but yeah. But I mean, yeah, the, the Mandalorian is such a good show. Makes me more excited for the for whatever Disney Plus has cooking. I can't wait for for the Philippines to actually have it, so I can fucking watch it legally and fucking pay for it, which I'm willing <laughs> to do. But yeah, and other TV news. We gotta talk about the latest Watchmen episode. I was happy that I actually caught up on it. Fucking insane. I think Watchmen is slowly becoming, I think, the best superhero show since the first season of Daredevil. Oh, it's, it's the, the idea. I, I, I was, when I was watching episode six the other day, I tried to get mm-hmm. in, I, I tried to like get in the head of the writers and say, like, so what was the genesis of this project? What, what got these guys thinking like, hey, let's tell this crazy story. And in my head, episode six was the genesis of the project. Even though we're in the sixth episode when we find this out, I think the writer's like, dude, what if Hooded Justice wasn't a white guy? And what if they and they tell this whole crazy story um, based around him having to hide who he is? And then what if he had, um, you know, what if he had kids? And what if he had one that grew up? And I, I don't know. I mean, to me, because I've been trying to figure out this whole time what the hell, mm-hmm. um, you know, Tulsa, the Tulsa police force has to do with it. And I just wonder if this was the if this was where the writers were like, oh, this is a story we can tell, because that was that, that episode seems, first of all, blew my mind. But it just seems so central to everything that's going on now that, yeah. you know, that that stuff. Now the story makes sense. Like this is the time that now it finally clicks. So, but yeah, what a great episode. It's crazy because 
just from a technical standpoint, how the story is presented, how it shifts from from Regina King to the guy playing Hood, Hooded Justice, how it all seamlessly comes together. Like, like the scene where Hooded Justice gets lynched by his fellow policemen, and the next, uh, the next frame cuts to Regina King with the noose. It's fucking insane. And j- just the implication that the reason why there's a superhero with the noose and, the, and, a, and, a, and a sack on his head, it makes so much sense that that, that, that person would be an African-American, be a black guy, as opposed to a white guy wearing it with a noose on his head. And the fact that who the justice managed to work with the Minutemen, who turned out to be complete assholes, by the way. Right. It turns out, it turns out Comedian wasn't the only asshole. Captain Metropolis, all, they, they all had their own agenda. They're all shitty people. They all just wanted to... Be superhero, be superheroes for their own sake and not for the greater good. It's so fucking, yeah. it's crazy. When the, the scene where Hood the Justice tries to call Captain Metropolis for help because he finally knows where the the Cyclops, where their headquarters are located. Then when when Hood the Justice uncovers the plan to mind control basically the African American community, Captain Metropolis doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. It just just a complete asshole. And was the implication that when when they when they introduced Hood of Justice to the press and he was talking about the conspiracy, was the implication yeah. Moloch is just made up? Well, I, I think that it just shows that the Minutemen, or rather the the majority of Minutemen, they're more concerned with the with the nuttier aspect of supervillainy. They're not concerned with the real threats surrounding people. People. People are actually struggling. They don't right. care. Like Captain Metropolis is more concerned with the death rate rather than the plight of the black quote, the quote unquote black unrest. Captain Metropolis doesn't care about it, and it's so funny because in the Watchmen subreddit, everyone there is like has got eyes of an eagle. Like they're 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 pointing out stuff from the comic that directly tie in to this episode. Like there's a fra- there's a panel in the comic. It's basically Captain Metropolis sort of outlining the problems America is facing there. And one of the stuff, one of the sort of the, the index cards he, he pins in their, in their big board was black unrest specifically. It, it's such an amazing call back to the comic and God, it's so crazy. I, I, I don't even know what's going to happen the next episode. Well, so it's, it's interesting because it's like a prequel and a sequel um, at this point, right? Like oh, it's yeah. now, now it's become kind of wrapped around the events of Watchmen on both sides. I know that episode to me is one that's going to win. It's the kind of episode that wins an award. Uh, yeah. Just Not just for the story it was told, but the way it was told. It was amazing. This is going to be their Emmy submission for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For- just such a such an interesting take and just it was so important. Like, I, like it's got to be the pivotal episode of the whole season. I don't. Are there 10 uh, episodes there, in the season? Nine episodes. Nine. So yeah, we're almost done, and this was the one that finally, where it was everything kind of turns. Um, and we we're even talking about like Vite trying to escape wherever the hell he went oh, to the yeah. moon. <laughs> yeah. And and the, and the official Watchmen podcast, which you you should totally listen to, it's basically Damon Dendelov, the showrunner, sort of recapping or rather giving more insight on on their creative decisions why. 
why they told the Hooded Justice story this way, why they told the first episode that way. And Damon Lindelof flat out confirms that the moon is part of, it's in, um, it's one of Mars's moons. Holy shit. So he's on, he's on a moon orbiting Mars. Mars. It's not, so it's not the moon. It's not our literal moon. It's, it's a moon of another planet. So are we going to get Dr. Manhattan? It's crazy because when you see him sort of form that message using the bodies of his, his clones, you see it's, he says, save me, D. The D cuts off. So that, could, that whole crazy porat could have been, save me, Dr. Manhattan. Could be, save me, Dan Dryberg, Night Owl. We haven't seen Night Owl six yeah. episodes in. It's crazy. I think if it was Manhattan, he would just know, right? He can just know everything, so he would just go get him if he wants. Did you see that theory? Have you heard that theory about that Vietnamese lady being the daughter of the comedian? No. There's a theory that Lady Cho, the super rich, crazy, kooky Vietnamese lady, who, who I guess is sort of the mastermind of the whole thing going on in Tulsa, there's a theory that She's the daughter of the pregnant lady comedian kills in what in the comic. Wow. Kids of the Vietnamese lady, one of the many Vietnamese women, presumably the comedian pregnates. Yeah. He's one of the kids and basically this is a reason why a lady Tro is letting her daughter he's give she's giving her, her daughter the same pills that Angela's taking just so the daughter would relieve the same. Memories the mother has. Yeah. So there's a crazy layer of who the fuck is Lady Cho. It would yeah, be crazy, I, though, if they reveal her to be, like, a, the comedian's daughter. Just more, every, everything seems so tied in. The more this, the further this goes. Do you remember when when, this, when we first even heard about this? We're like, what in the hell is this show even about? How's it going to yes. relate to the original? And now, like, it's so related and so tied in that it's blowing my mind. Yeah, it's coming together nicely. And going back to the Hooded Justice part, I kind of like how the reason why Hooded Justice kills Don Johnson, it's so rooted in how on, on, on the Hooded Justice's struggle as a police cop in New York. Yeah. Like, I kind of get why he sort of fucking flat out forced Don Johnson to basically lynch himself. And when he finally confronts Don Johnson and Don Johnson's response is, this is for you people. I'm doing this for, for the good of your people. So fucking Judd Crawford is a fucking racist. And it makes me wonder if he was part of sort of that, you know, that event, the White Knight, where... Yeah. Where, I mean, it makes me wonder if he, if, he was, if he had a hand in that, if he was one of the masked men who actually shot Angela. Oh, if, that, if that ends up being part of the reveal... It's, I don't know. It's, that, it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> like three episodes, I'm not sure how they're going to wrap this up. But yeah, I mean, I'm so fucking in love with this show. And yeah. we also, we also got to talk about the, the episode prior to episode six, the one, The Looking Glass. <laughs> such, a, such a good episode, like the character a, development. Oh, yeah. Dude, you got... It's, 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 it's another reason to have Tim Blake Nelson back in the MCU as leader. No, oh, he's so, he's so good. I felt so he's bad so for him bad. in um 
at the end of six, I just feel so like after he watches the video and all and just hits him that like this, everything that's happened to him, that's shaped him into the person he is. is just a lie. I felt so bad. Are they going to yeah. kill him? Is that what is that happening? It looks like that. Uh, it kind of seems like he's going to get shot at the end of the episode, right? Like when the, when the cat, when the cavalry just walks in yeah. and fucking go into his house, it's, it's going to be a bummer if he ends up being dead next episode, but man, what a fucking, what a reveal. Yeah, that, that, I mean, episode five, there's a whole episode about him, and then in, a lot of it carries through into, I guess, what, the second half of six, um, where, he, you know, you finally figure out, like, why he's wearing the mask he's wearing and all these things about him, and then, God, just to everything that's probably his, what he's lived his entire life since he was a kid he finds out was just this giant hoax perpetrated by Vite and, and that Robert Redford knows about it and other people right. know about it. And it's just, oh, man. It also makes you wonder, are they setting up, assuming Looking Glass doesn't get killed, is, is, makes it through the season, and it makes you wonder if they're sort of setting up Looking Glass as sort of a Rorschach character, another Rorschach, in that he realizes how fucked up the truth is. A fucking yeah. how, how how big of a bullshit the truth the truth is, and I wonder if if that's gonna sort of seep into whatever plans they have for for Looking Glass. Was is there going to be a season two? Um, Lindelof was very adamant that season one will be a very standalone story. Okay, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be seeds for for season two, but as far as the current story is concerned, it's gonna end. In episode nine, okay, which is sort of like the best thing you can do for a story like this. Um, in the previous episode, where you know the scene where Looking Glass enters the the fucking where he finds out the the lair of the the cavalry. Yeah, he sees the logo of the Cyclops. Yeah, he sees, and it's it's sort of it's it's like the eye of the squid. Yeah, it's all the same thing. So, so uh, the Cyclops from the 1940s, in a way, ties into what the cavalry is believing into. I mean, it's a literal squid. It's a li- literally one-eyed squid. That's their logo, which yep. is so mind-blowing. Such a huge. So, so when you think, when you take Hood of Justice's comments of a vast and insidious conspiracy, how big? Just oh, to think God. about how vast the conspiracy actually is. Oh fuck! Well, we're gonna find out um, tonight. What the episode? What the next episode is going to be? What, what Looking Glass's fate will be? And I cannot wait. I feel bad for the dude. That's all. I it's, I just feel like he just crumbled. Right, <laughs> everything that <laughs> yeah. Space. everything that he believed in, and you just saw everything just fall apart. But yeah, Tim Blake Nelson is a, an, he's a treasure as well. He's someone we need to see more of, not less. Yeah. Do you think, kind of, since it's taking place in 2019? What are the chances that they called Robert Redford and said, like, hey, can you just come do a scene? Just one scene. <laughs> it's, it's crazy because we've heard, like, Robert Redford talk about retirement for the past five years. Yeah. Like, I remember that saying that Endgame was supposed to be his last film. But then again, he came out with, like, a Netflix movie. So I don't really know which is which at this point. I, I mean, I given the opportunity it exists to get the guy on film as himself playing a president, I would hope yeah. they at least called him. 
Right? At least gave him a jingle. <laughs> right? All right, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Charles and I want to let you know that as soon as that Black Widow trailer drops this week, I guess it's rumored to come out on Tuesday, um, we'll try to get together that evening and record a short episode where we just kind of break it down and, and recap it and give some thoughts. I will be um, out of town next weekend for uh, a few days while my daughter goes and chases some uh, some cross-country medals. Uh, so I we will not probably be able to record on our normal time frame. So we're gonna we're gonna try to hook up Tuesday, um, get something together. Assuming that's when Black Widow trailer drops, and if any other news happens, we'll talk about it then, and we'll get a little shorter episode out to you, and then we'll be back. Um, I guess back on our normal schedule the following week after that. I can't wait to see fucking Taskmaster finally. Yeah, I'm that. I mean, uh, everything else that's gonna happen in there. You're probably going to get your look at David Harbour and whatever else and maybe in the Red Guardian suit. But honestly, the only thing I care about is getting a, a five-second clip of Taskmaster trying to fight and see what, how they're going to try to bring his very, very special um, skill set and his abilities to, to life. I can't wait to see what that looks like. We'll be back with you in touch base um, hopefully Tuesday night. And give our breakdown there. And like I said, if anything else comes up in between, we'll try to catch up then. So as always, we thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're having a blast. Charles and I were talking about this morning. We can't believe how fast this has gone um, to get us this far down the road. I don't think we, we knew when we started that we'd get to, um, to episode 28. So uh, thank you guys for helping out and making it happen. So this is Charles Murphy. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Charles Murphy. You can find me on Twitter at CFS Villanueva. All right, you guys have a good week, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.